Welcome to Ear Hopper Presents Let's Talk About Podcast. This is episode 14. I don't know that 14 has a significance. I'm sure a sports fan out there might have a favorite player whose jersey number is 14. I'm trying to think of what happened when I was 14. I was probably full of acne. Uh, I was a musician. I was a band geek. I was trying to figure out this strange, mysterious place known as my body. I guess like most 14-year-olds. I want to give a shout out to All Day Breakfast, the punk band, who graciously let Lauren, today's guest, and I use their rehearsal space to record the podcast uh and if you're into punk or rock pop whatever music you're into live music i'm performing with them uh at the hotel utah here in san francisco tuesday july something Mm, 13 14th 17th tuesday july 17th so thanks nate all day breakfast love you guys So I don't usually talk a lot before I get into the actual conversation, but you know, you know what? I feel like talking a little today. First off, I've had a lot of coffee. Second off, I'm intermittent fasting, which means I'm an idiot. And third, I think it's a, it's a weird time in the world. And in some ways it's always been a weird time in the world, but somehow we are so hyper- aware of things. There's so much information right now. And I'm reminded of my father who talked to me about the Cuban Missile Crisis in the 60s and when he was in a war in the 50s. So I just want to tell everyone, make stuff, make art. And part of the reason I started this podcast was precisely that. I feel better when I'm making stuff. And we, my fiance and I went to Mendocino, which those of you who don't know, it's in California. And we went, we, we camped. It's hard to call it camping. Glamping is the term. Last week. And we cooked and we walked outdoors and we felt good. We were, we took the dogs. We were making stuff. We were making, making ourselves better. And I, I think part of my excitement to present this podcast is, my guest, who is, her name is Lauren Asta. And I met Lauren, hmm, 2011? And she uh, she was just one of those, you meet certain people and you're just like, damn, this person, this person is, is light. This person is energy. And it's so exciting to watch her in the last few years uh, just just be recognized for the art and the, the goodness that is pouring out of her. So I'm super excited that she and I finally made it happen. She's a very, very busy person, um, and which is amazing. Uh, you'll hear in the podcast, she's she's booked up through next year with her doing her murals. And I can't think of a better, uh, a better way to deal with the absolute shit that seems to be going on in the world, but, but the way she is, which is she's making stuff, and she's doing it her way. So uh, without further ado... Here is Lauren Asta. 
Hello and welcome to Earhopper Presents Let's Talk About. And I'm here today with Lauren Asta. Si, senor. Did I say that right? Yeah. I'm and Lauren is an illustrator, an artist. She's living uh, a lifestyle that I is probably one of the few people I follow on Instagram that makes sense for Instagram. Um, most people think they have a life like you have, but I actually look at you as one of the people that are living the life that I want to follow on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and I met Lauren uh, years ago, probably like eight years ago, uh, when she was working at, um, what's the name of the place? St. George Spirits. St. George Spirits in Alameda. Alameda. <laughs> um, and I'm so happy that your schedule made it so we could find this no. tiny window. Me too. To talk. We had breakfast tacos because it's early morning in San Francisco. Delicious. And uh, you're so you're just in from, you were in Italy for two months. My God, I'm going on, uh, it feels like forever, Chicago, Italy, New York. Uh, no, God, I'm confusing okay. myself. New York, Chicago, Italy, London, Chicago, <laughs> Chico. How are you keeping up? San Francisco, up? I don't know. How are you know. keeping up? I mean, there's... There's definitely moments now I wake up and I forget what city I'm in. This happened many times. You sound like those 70s rock guys that read their biographies <laughs> and they're like, Where, I don't know what day it is. I don't know what I city we're in. most days. It's like a Bon Jovi song. <laughs> You're a cowboy. Well, it is funny. I mean, I do, I am on tour. Like yeah. my, on Instagram, it's the Asta Art Tour. What's your Instagram handle? Say all that stuff up front. Yeah, so well, uh, Lauren Asta is just my handle. I don't have some crazy... Um, graffiti artist name it's just my name um and then my handle i've been doing for the last or my hashtag for the last three years is the asta art tour so asta art tour is pretty simple and the other thing you always write is flex your hustle yeah which is the theme of today's podcast because even like i think i emailed you in january because i wanted to talk to you that to me is something i don't see enough people doing mm. uh so you're one of those people that's paving the way in a way or you're setting an example um, and one of the things we talked about before we turned the mics on was how we both had lived in New York City for a while. I mean, what are some of the jobs you've done? Oh, my God. Just, like, name a few. <clears throat> well, especially in New York. I think New York is the place where you learn your hustle PhD, for sure. You got to get <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anything to survive. It's New York is like you're eating champagne and oysters one night and beans and rice the next. Uh, and yeah. Got to keep that hustle going. I mean, I've done everything from the funniest one, I think, was um, when you walk into, like, lobbies or uh, streets of Manhattan uh, around Christmas time and you see all the Christmas trees and all the fake presents and stuff. I definitely created Christmas in Manhattan one Were year. you doing, like, displays, like display Dis pieces? Displays, um, you know, putting ornaments and lights on fake trees and bows and ribbons and fake presents and... Yeah, it was pretty funny. That's nuts. <laughs> That's a pretty good... Like, I like when I think about my weird jobs. Because I, I, there's plenty. Like, I remember just being on Craigslist a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember Does I had... Craigslist still, still exists? Yeah. Yeah, and I think... I mean, it's weird in San Francisco, but I'm sure people still use it. Yeah. I mean, I've found most everyone I've ever played with in a band on ah. Craigslist. Because it's the only game in town. But I remember... I was just thinking about this this week. I answered an ad by a woman who had... She had 300 CDs, if you remember those. Oh, yeah. And she was moving to Europe, and she wanted to turn them into MP3s, which were brand new. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, spending hours just converting all her classical music CDs. I think she gave me, like, 250 bucks. Damn. But that, for me, was, like, a yeah. that was meaty. Absolutely. I'm like, and, the, and the hustle thing is funny because I meet a lot of people who have only lived in 
San Francisco, mm-hmm. they don't, they haven't done it. Yeah. And I think some of that is the New York thing and, like, just trying to pay your rent. Yeah. I don't know. And there's something about – I'm going to definitely do a shout-out to Chicago. It, like, there's something about Chicago. Uh, I don't know if it's because it's, like, um, you know, the blue-collar roots in the middle of America, this, that. There's a lot of Chicagoans that have been there forever, whereas, like, New York is very transplant. San Francisco is very transplant. Yeah. So I don't know. There's something about Chicago where it just feels very rooted with hard work. And one of my first murals I did there, um, the big words at the top were um, a play on lifestyles of the rich and famous. Right. But rich and famous was crossed out, and it was lifestyles of the hustle. <laughs> because it's very much what everyone seems to be doing these days. Yeah, and where did you grow up? Grew up not too far from here in okay. Walnut Creek. Yeah, so you're a California yes. native. Although it never felt, never really felt like home. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, and I, I find there's two types of people I meet. There's people that either grew up here and like wanted to stay, or people that couldn't wait to move somewhere else. Could not wait because I I've, leave New York City. You don't meet a lot of natives. You yeah. just don't. Yeah. Like every once in a while you'll like hang out with someone who's like trying to be an artist or something and they're like, Yeah, I grew up in like deep Bensonhurst or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but what so at what point were you like I, you told this story before the mic's on and I, I just want to fast forward to it because it's so yeah, good. Yeah. So at some point something happens and you pay attention and suddenly you get to lead this life of a of a artist nomad, however you want to talk about it. Do you want to tell that story because it's so Absolutely. good? Absolutely. It's like I told you before, I'll never get sick of yeah. Talking about it. And hopefully this inspires other people because um, I think you being in the music industry and knowing a lot of artists, I mean, so many talent, talented people give up way too early. Yep. And it's it's just something that you have to have. It's motivation. It's, it's the drive. It's whatever. I always like to say that success is 50% knowing and realizing you have a talent, the other 50% is just the follow through. And if you combine both of those, the recipe is pretty straightforward. But um, uh, I actually got my, this, and this, this will go someplace, I promise. (laughs) It's a great story. Stick stick with us. Um, I got my BFA in photography when photography was still photography. I think you can still be a photographer and make money before the iPhone. Well, Meaning uh, I was still taught in college the darkroom. Got it. Um, Film. Yeah. So, I mean, I was like the darkroom girl. I was there on the weekend spending all my time uh, doing that. Loved it. And the big goal was to graduate, move to New York, and become a famous artist. Yes. Pretty easy, right? Everyone's doing it. (laughs) So, as soon as I got to New York, I mean, the iPhone had just come out. That dates me pretty well. No. 2004. Is that when it came out? 2004 was like the year... People started to, like, use the digital uh, camera. Everyone was all of a sudden a photographer. I'm not interrupting you. Yeah. But I looked at someone's portfolio, like, five or six years ago, yeah. and they called themselves an iPhoneographer. Ooh. And I was like, That's I spicy. don't know. <laughs> That's special. I, don't, I think you're crossing <laughs> so many lines there for me personally. Many okay, lines. so go on. So you're doing that thing. So, yeah, I get to New York, and I'm trying to find work as a photographer, and it's pretty hard. And meanwhile, my brother's there waiting tables, making like 300, 400 bucks a night. So yeah. I'm like, hmm. So I quickly got into the bartending gig. As you do. Um, and was making the most money I'd ever made in my life at that point. Still trying to do art on the side, but art had changed from photography 
which is really expensive, all the supplies, the finding the dark room, the set, um, to drawing. So it was just drawing, drawing, drawing. Yeah. And that's where I started to kind of formulate this world of characters and um, oddities and uh, misbehaving, yeah. if you will. Um, and so, I mean, that's 2004, 2005. Yeah. And... You know, the almost seven and a half years I was in New York, it was the bread and butter was definitely bartending sure. with other side random jobs as you do in New York. And then trying to maintain the art career, um, you know, coffee shops, uh, little galleries, that yeah. sort of thing. And, you know, every show I had, I think I had about 11 shows. I sold out every time, which was really good. So, so what are you making at this point? Are you making like little smaller pieces? Smaller like- drawings, frame drawings, like cut and layered paper um collages of faces and this and that. Is it similar to, like, the, the style that's happening for you right now? Or is I mean, it, like, you can, a, an early version of that? It's an early version. Got it, okay. And I'm proud of it, but it's so hard to look sure. back at sometimes. Sure, it's like little <laughs> pictures from the prom. I mean, it's, oh, that's man. the way art goes. But they're so important. Yeah. But, you know, having that experience and realizing people wanted my art was a confidence builder, so I knew I had something. Yeah. And then... And then the magical birthday of turning 30, mm-hmm. I was scared out of my mind because I just, not that there's anything wrong with this, but I just did not want to be nearing 40, you know, in 10 years, flash forward, and still just bartending and not giving my art the solid chance yeah. that it deserves. So I decided to move back to California. Mm-hmm. And this I had. Like 2011. 2011. Okay. And then uh, a friend of mine randomly uh, took me uh, to St. George Spirits for a tasting, and I just fell in love with the passion and um, detail that they had behind Spirits and having a booze bartending background. I was like, well, I need to pick up some part-time work. Yeah. So I inquired if they were hiring and quickly fell into that family, like, would be split. So I worked there for quite a few years. Uh, so St. George Spirits is in a 65,000-square-foot hangar in Alameda. And right next door to St. George Spirits, what is now Faction Brewing, originally was going to have another 65,000-square-foot hangar to house their brewery, but they got bought out half of it. So what ended up happening was a large, huge, disgusting wall went right down the middle of this brewery yeah. or space, leaving uh, patchy drywall everywhere, which... No one really wants to look at when right. you're taking photos and having a, a brewski. Not a feature. No. But I knew the owners, and I approached them uh, asking if they were interested in a mural. I would prime it. I would paint it. I would art it. Think about it. I'm going on vacation. I'll be back in two weeks, and maybe we can move forward. Well, I go. I come back, and they're like, all right, we're into it. Scissor lift is coming on Monday. Uh, you have 28 days to do it. And I literally was like, wow, I've never done a mural in my life. In my head, I feel like my art could translate, but I literally had no time to do a sketch or a concept or anything. I literally just had training wheels not even as an option. So I often thank them for doing this to me because it has completely shaped how I do art, which is just go for it. And I use my imagination. I don't draw or sketch anything beforehand and do everything freestyle. Did you have this moment? Where, because this is the first, and it's big. It's a big thing. Yeah. It's huge. It's huge. 3,000 Did you have a moment feet. where you're like, okay, if this sucks, I can always paint over it. You know. Like, did you ha- ever have that as, like, a like safety net for, like, 
if I really blow this? I'm just curious. Yeah. Because this is like a, it, maybe it, maybe at this point it doesn't mean as much as it means now when you're telling the story. Sure. I'm just curious like how your mind wrapped itself around this, God, this giant even... thing you had to do for the first thing that you were really doing. I don't remember if I had that thought. I think mean, it's always an option. Yeah. But I just didn't want to fail. So maybe I just didn't even give myself that right, option. Right, right, right. <laughs> I definitely crossed my fingers that it would work. And it did. And... I mean, I just remember the first eyeball I made from one of my characters, and it was like, all right, here we go. And then it was like one of those things that once Faction was open during the day and I was working, like people were starting to like crowd and form and watch me, and that was... You were like a live art installation. Yeah, it was insane, and it was definitely intimidating, but... um, about halfway through, I mean, I was wearing a banana suit and loving every second of it <laughs> because, you know, people were watching me do my thing. It was it was pretty cool. I mean, to get that, I mean, it's one of the things I like about performing music. You get this live uh, feedback from people Absolutely. in real time. And it does. It's, it's like it, it motivates you. It, like it sets your fire. Well, especially when the feedback is positive. Yeah. I mean, people were, first of all, 3,000 square feet. That's a lot. It's and massive. not only did I paint a mural on this thing, but I also primed it and painted it white by hand with a roller. So immediately you have these people, <clears throat> older men, um, being like, that's a big wall. Are you sure you're going to be able to yeah, do that? Yeah. And it's like, honey, well, you know, <laughs> it was the beginning <laughs> of many conversations I've had like that since because I am a solo female doing this by myself. Oh, I can't bookmark that. I want to come back to that. Yes. I have much to say about I that. Wait. I can't wait. But um, yeah, I mean, once it was done, it was a huge success, and yeah. it was just a huge, like I said, uh, you know, confidence builder uh, to keep going in this direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I owe a lot to Faction um, for literally kicking off this mural career for sure. When okay, so that's all happening. At what point is there a switch that goes off where you're like, you know what, fuck everything else, I can just do this. So. I started to get inquiries from that and 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 just just from either people going to faction on the weekend, yeah. following me on Instagram, me doing my own social media, that sort of stuff. Yeah. I started to get inquiries with jobs. Um in fact, uh just down the street at Black Hammer Brewing, I did that mural not too far after uh the faction brewing. Um, so I started to wean myself off of my full-time job at St. George Spirit. So I went from full-time, taking the plunge to just doing part-time, knowing that I was going to get rid of benefits and mm. uh, stuff like that. But the I mean... Scar- oh, the scary thing. This, benefits. Yeah, right? Fuck, I just <laughs> I just went off them. And yeah. I, like, I didn't go off them. I'm, now I'm paying for them. And I had this moment where I'm like, it's not like they're going to turn me down at the hospital door. Right. Like, you just have to realize, like... I mean, it is a very comfortable thing to know that you have them but mm-hmm. I refuse to let that ha- be the dictator of my life and you know what I choose to do what are you giving up yeah do you know so um yeah I started to get more work so I decided to go to part-time and that was a really good decision because I was making money I was doing uh painting jobs I was doing some small murals and um and then all of a sudden the magical month of October 2015, 2015, um, all in one month, um, I had gotten 
uh, an email from a company called Hopcat, H-O-P-C-A-T. All this has to do with beer, I'm realizing, sure. which is pretty funny. Well, but <laughs> the worlds do collide. It's true. You know. Um, a company that started out in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's an American brew pub restaurant chain. But um, they every location they open, they have a quote-unquote, I'm doing air quotes right now, um, <laughs> a street artist or graffiti artist deck out the entire place uh, versus doing like cookie cutter, uh, you know, TJ Maxx, not to... You know, harp on TJ Maxx, but you know what I mean. TJ, well, TGIF. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking of TJIF. <laughs> that could work too. TJ Maxx. Um, but the owner of Hopcat had been to Faction Brewing, saw my mural, you know, domino effect, found out my information, contacted me, wanted to know if I would do their location opening up in fabulous Lincoln, Nebraska. Holy shit. And what time of year is this? October? So this was, I got this email in October 2015. And, um, uh, you know, I gave a proposal. I had done uh, this was my first experience with doing like a yeah. like a real proposal yeah. and budget and all that sort of stuff. Time, and it, money, yeah, yeah. It got accepted, and it was going to be the first job I'd ever had that was going to the paycheck was going to match the work. So it was a five figure check. It's great, and all, and then maybe a week later, I think my rent was raised raised twenty percent. And things just kind of, I mean, I look for, like, cracks in the door. People say look for yep. the open window, yep. open door, yep. but I look for the cracks. So, yep. I mean, this was, it just seemed like too many things were. The universe was nudging yeah. you, shoving you. So I gave up the apartment, put all my stuff in my art studio, uh, tiny little art studio, paid off a credit card. And then February 2016 is when the Asta Art Tour actually officially started in Lincoln, Nebraska. So I was there for 30 days I was living out of a hotel for a month. It was my first taste of being, like, on the road. Yeah. And the idea after I finished Lincoln yeah. was to just to go to as many cities as I possibly could, find a wall, be like, hey, you have a wall. This is what I do. Yeah. And uh, right after Lincoln, Nebraska, I got a job in Chicago, and I have not had to ask for work ever since. Amazing. It's, I've been booked solid for almost three years. And how far out are you booked now? January 2019. Amazing. Yeah. Success, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Look for the cracks. <laughs> I think, you know, one of the things I admire the most about your story is you didn't, like, even though you you always, you, you saw these things, but you were so open. You're open to these other things, and that gets you this whole new life, which is, it's got to be fulfilling. Oh, like, yes. I don't know, I don't want to sit here and put words in your mouth, but maybe talk a little about the difference between... Knowing you go to a bar shift from 8 to 4 in Brooklyn, which I did too, yeah. and having this whole thing where you just have a freedom to just create and make money. Yeah. Like maybe talk about it as, I don't know, I don't know if that's an easy question to answer. No, I mean, I mean, man, I've put, I have clocked in my hours. Sure. I have clocked them in. I mean, Brooklyn, I was doing brunch bartending for like mm. seven years and I mean there is the Mother's Day brunch <laughs> is the worst thing on the planet um, there's a couple you know St. Patrick's Day the the day after or New Year's Day, New Year's Day is Valentine's Day yeah. be nice to your servers out there because mm. uh, more often than not your servers your bartenders 
are probably extremely talented, amazing people trying to find their dream and career. So yeah. be nice to them. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I, I have so many memories of just wanting to give up in terms of like, this is too hard. I just want like a normal nine to five desk job. I can't keep this up. Yeah. And, you know, looking back on all those like <sighs> Just trying to like, you know, selling your clothes, selling yep. whatever you can to literally just get, I mean, I remember. Beacon's Closet. Beacon's Closet was <laughs> best, best fucking friend. Um, right before the first of the month. Yes. I'd be like, all right, do I need these Doc Martens? I, I probably don't, don't I need these I can buy Doc- them back when I'm I'll rich and famous. Right, I'll get them back How many later. conversations has that happened in my head? A million. Um, but like, you know, and then getting that check, that like $30 from Beacon's Closet and being like, okay, uh, I could pay a bill or I could get art supplies. And it always seemed to go to art supplies. And, yeah. you know, just having that mentality has really helped over the years. Mm-hmm. And just, I mean, I might be dragging from your original question, but this like. It's all awesome. Nothing, there's no, there's no bad answers. Um, bad nothing, questions. nothing else has made sense to me. Yeah. I mean. Some people have to write in a journal. Some people have to pick up a guitar. Um, I have to draw. I yeah. have to draw it out. Um, I'm also, you know, a very, uh, I am a true artist. Can't, my birthday is on Friday. Oh, I'm congrats. A, I didn't I'm, know that. <laughs> I'm a true cancer. I'm super sensitive and emotional yeah. and passionate. Yeah. And I take it all out in my art, which yeah. is a good outlet for me. But. I want to go back. Can I go back yeah, to yeah. something? So earlier you talked about when you got to New York, that's when you started drawing. Yeah. And how your medium kind of changed yeah. and how your your outlet was. And it reminds me, I just, uh, I read the David Byrne book. I think it's called How Music Works, like last year. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the book is really good because he talks about how music evolved based on the space it was made in. Sure. So he talks about orchestras and big halls and how, you know, you can have 80 people on stage making that much noise and it reverberates out. And then he talks about punk clubs where it's like you need like a little amplifier and you're, you're tucked in the corner and the drums are put there because they, they'll be louder. Like the whole thing is about how space influences art. Yeah. So if you haven't read it, A, I think you might like it. Yeah. B, I think it's very interesting that because when I got to New York, I started doing electronic music mm-hmm. uh, because I could put headphones on at night, not bother my then roommates and neighbors. And, create. and that was like the time where I like put out like all, it was all instrumental electronic stuff just yeah. because I needed to get it out. And I couldn't I didn't know anyone to just go sit in a room in Brooklyn, which eventually happened. And right. Beat on drums and, and play guitar. So I just think that's an interesting point where you say to yourself, Okay, I need to create, I need to make something, and I need to do it with whatever's around yeah. right now. It's kind of like my favorite chefs do that. Yeah, They're yeah. like, okay, just show me your kitchen. It's a true Italian way, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, it's, I was going to say, you just got back from there, which, yeah. which um, tell, can you tell the story, not to diverge, but tell the story about how you were sitting in the coffee shop in Italy and... Like how it's we we were talking before the mics run about it's a small world. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, just talk about how like you had this moment. That... Yeah. Well, to go back to what you said about you Sorry, know yeah, our art being uh, created by environment, like the the pure fact that you could sit on a New York subway for hours and just look and watch people and yeah. every type of human is going to walk through there at some mm-hmm. point. Like that definitely shaped why I wanted to draw so many weird people oh, and faces yeah. and interaction like that. Totally. So I totally believe that, that there's so much truth to that. Yeah. And New York was like the best people watching place. Yeah. 
because there's always people around. Yeah, yeah. There's no privacy at all. I loved the the when I first moved out here. I loved going back and not having cell service on the subway. Oh man, I know that sounds weird. No, it's the but just best. like shit. Like I have to read oh or do the crossword puzzle or think or just think <laughs> or just look out the window and at the at the passing like you know whatever that dirt is on the walls. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's uh, New York's a very special place if you have the energy to do it. Mm-hmm. I recommend it. I don't know if I could all do it all over again. Now. Yeah, I I had an opportunity last year <clears throat> and I like really considered it and I was just like I don't I think yeah. I've been there done that. Yeah, and you know I'm also 45. Yeah, and, like the idea of like I I do love the the culture of walking everywhere. Oh, I do love that. Best. Speaking of inspiration, that's the yeah. best. You know, having your headphones on, walking around, absorbing everything. But outside of that, I'm like I don't think I can deal with yeah. just the the. I think my time for that came and went. I think there is like a moment that you either have to do it. Or New York not. is like an old friend. I love going back and visiting yeah. and catching up with, and it's great. I mean, like yeah, walking that city. I've never, I have never gone through so many shoes <laughs> in you know one city. Yeah. like literally wearing the whole sound and shoes. Yep. And just get, honestly, because even though there are so many people everywhere. You literally can just get on the subway and get lost, yep. and no one's going to know where you are, and it's yep. just fucking fabulous. Yeah. I miss it. I hope that never goes away. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure maybe there's cell signal now underground. <laughs> I don't know, but I haven't been there in a while. But That's a good city to get lost in. Yeah. But cities, speaking of cities, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like we were saying earlier, like I've gotten to travel so much the last three years, and now international, which has been great. This year, I did a mural in Cabo, San Lucas, in Mexico, mm. which was incredible. I did a mural, two murals in uh, Italy and one in England. But while I was in Italy, I was gone uh, for about two months and got to enjoy life a little bit, too. Yeah. And I was just sitting at a little cafe, a little wine bar mm. in uh, Florence, and I could tell this couple next to me just kept staring at me. And so finally, you know, I waved hello, whatever. And she's like, oh, sorry, can I ask you a question? Are you from California? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I spent some time in California. She's like, did you by any chance do a mural at Faction Brewing? I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> she's like, it's like I thought big, you looked. <laughs> the big hit that just keeps coming back I at know, you. I know, man. Uh, she's like, you look familiar. We live in San Leandro. We, we totally saw you working on the mural, and we recognized you. And I just want to say hello. I was like, Amazing. wow. Just, just bonkers. I had this weird moment. Um, first of all, Anthony Bourdain when he when he passed. Mm, yeah. Uh, I was for some reason up at like four that morning, which every once in a while happens, and mm-hmm. I got on my phone and I saw it. Yeah. And I thought of you immediately, and I think it's because I think you were in. Were you in Italy at the time? I was in Italy, yeah. And I thought of you for a couple of reasons. One, because I kind of feel that, like, when I would watch, like, No Reservations and all of his shows, that's kind of the way I feel when I follow you on Instagram. Oh like, I get that same sort of, like... make me cry. <laughs> well, I get that feeling of, like, you know, someone's out there doing something <clears throat> that I get to be a part of yeah. as, like, you know, the peanut gallery, but it's also inspirational. Yeah. So, yeah, it was so funny because you were, like, the first person I thought of. I was like, ooh. I was like... Two two things on that point. And first of all, thank you for yeah, that compliment. That's amazing. Um, I was with some friends in uh, Portofino, which is on the coast, um, just below. It's on the Italian Riviera. I sound okay. like such a brat right now. No, but don't. Just no below. No judgments. Just below France, if you will. But anyways, um, we had just finished a beautiful lunch. Like we had this beautiful pastas and shrimp and mm. wine and uh, prosciutto and mozzarella and all these like beautiful. Uh, Italian dishes and it was right on the water we were outside and um, they had my two friends had went in to use the restroom and I had turned talk talk about also 
having this beautiful freedom of not having your phone sell your data off yeah. all the time. Yeah. Anyways, uh, they had left and I turned it on. It was the first thing that I saw and it, it had literally just broken the news. Yeah. And my two friends came back and I was like almost in tears yeah. because this, this man meant a lot to a lot of people. Yep. And I told them what had happened and they almost like start breaking down crying. We all just sat there like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. Uh, he was a true um, inspiration for yeah. travelers, artists, musicians, good minded people everywhere that needed a voice yeah i think the suicide thing too is the hardest because yeah. you look at someone like that yeah. as an inspiration for so many reasons and then you also look at your own like struggles and whatever you're going through as an artist or just as a human yeah and you think this this guy on the outside dot 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 you know yeah and then all of a sudden you realize there's all the shit that's going on underneath all yeah. of that you that never we really just don't know. know the iceberg effect you yeah know? we just don't know how deep it goes i wanted to go back to something because uh, th that's a morose topic that we don't need to discuss anymore <laughs> you had talked about being a female artist and now that you're doing this whole thing i'm curious what your thoughts are coming from the standpoint of i, I would assume you're like you're your own agent you're your yeah. own PR person. You know, you're kind of this one-person machine. A one-woman show. What are you... Like you'd mentioned earlier, there was a little bit of, like, you know, snickering. Have you noticed anything uh, running your own business as an artist, as a woman, that maybe you think to yourself, if I was a man, I wouldn't have had to answer this question or I wouldn't have had to deal with this attitude? I'm just curious, like, coming... Yeah. I mean, one of the... Uh, it, this and this has nothing to do with the question you just asked me, but it's it's a question I get asked often because I, sure. I get interviewed for random things here and there. Um, but a question I'll get is like, how does it feel to be a female artist in this industry? And my you know typical answer is, well, I imagine what it feels like for a man to be in this industry <laughs> feels great. Yeah, right. um, you can swear. <laughs> uh, it already says explicit on Apple, yeah, so it's yeah. cool. I've sworn enough in other episodes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean it feels great for many reasons. Like, I ha and I and I have these conversations. I think the most with Uber drivers because I mm. take or Lyft drivers, or whatever. Because mm -hmm. um, I take them so much when I travel, and I, you know little conversations here and there it's like oh what do you what do you do because oftentimes I'll have paint on me or carrying art supplies sure. or this or that and so I'll explain what I do and and it's uh, and then it's just a stream of questions after that so sure. um, do you have a manager are you you know do you do this by yourself how do you get these uh, jobs yeah. um, do you do this by yourself do you do this by yourself you're all by yourself yeah, yeah, I yeah. get that all the time it, I mean it feels great I do do everything by myself. It gets frustrating at times, but um, in the end, it's so satisfying and very fulfilling. But when I'm out on the streets, you know, it's um, people are interesting. <laughs> That's very diplomatic. I'll, I'll say, <laughs> Both I'll vague and diplomatic, and I agree. <clears throat> well, you know, it's like you know, when I'm working in the public, I love working in the public for many reasons. Um, it feels good. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my, you know, my guilt, not guilty pleasures, just one of my pleasures in life. Uh, but I also get to inspire people and I get to hear feedback one-on-one. -on -one. But I also get to interact with, again, interesting people. Mm -hmm. And um, I have like a top ten list of questions I get. And it is interesting because it does affect me and my art sometimes. But, you know, uh, the first question is, are you doing this all by yourself? Which is... An interesting question because, uh, you know, a, a five thousand square foot mural is my largest sure. to date, and 
For some people, it is absolutely bonkers to think that they could even attempt yeah. painting a hundred square foot, sure, let alone five thousand square feet. Whereas people I'm like, people don't even paint their room at home with right. light. Like, give me a ten thousand square foot. Right, room. right, right, right. Um, so I get to interact with those people and hopefully change their mind about you know what is possible and what isn't. Yeah. Let alone for a female. Sure. Um. And then, you know, I'll get these people that are like, well, I don't, where is your drawing? Where's your sketch? I'm right, like, It's right. coming from my head. People are bonkered about that. And then um, and then I do everything by hand with paint, um, not spray paint. Yeah. So I've kind of worked it, you know, it, you know there's so many people that, you know, want to do art, male or female, whatever. Yeah. You have to stand out a little bit. So... Um, I kind of think I do this like triple threat thing, which kind of sucks to say, but like I do everything by hand. Yeah. I don't use spray paint. I'm a female artist that mm. works large scale. Yeah. I I sometimes hate that I have to throw the female artist in there, but like I thank God and I'm yeah. I'm proud of it. And I have had so many young female artists yeah. approach me either on email or messages um, on Instagram or yeah. Facebook that literally have sent me like thank yous for yeah. um, just doing just doing what I do and it inspires them that they can do that as well yeah which is a huge thing it's usually unique and we talked about this a little earlier you're doing you're most of the time doing stuff in front of other people yeah like in real time mm-hmm. which is kind of like you know playing a show playing a rock show or or you know being a uh, I don't know like a stand-up like, sure stand-up comedian, comedian. absolutely Um which even I would say in that in those cases they have probably rehearsed something. Sure. You know, there's some sort of blueprint for the moments that they're creating in that time. And the other thing I wanted to say, going back to the the car drivers, yeah. is I have even found as a man, yeah, the cultural difference in a lot of the people that are driving cars. They tend to come from cultures that are very male dominated. Mm-hmm. So like I've been. I mean, I remember being in New York and I was like making out with this woman that I was with <laughs> in the back of the taxi. Uh-huh. And the cab driver uh, was Middle Eastern, I would assume. And he started calling her a whore. Wow. He, he stopped the car. He said, get get the fuck out of my cab, yeah. you whore, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, well, we're almost to our destination. Yeah. And you're not getting paid for this. So sure. sure, just stop, you know, just stop the vehicle. So I think some of that is cultural, like when they see, you know, you and... You also inspired another question, which is when when you're doing these things, how much of your tools are you taking with you and how much are you sort of getting once you get to Italy or Chicago or wherever you go? I'm yeah. curious just more about the process piece. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, I, uh, you know, nothing wrong with spray paint. I think it's beautiful. I actually am very envious of a lot of my friends that are it's spray hard. paint artists. It's really hard. But uh, not having uh, my work as spray paint is a blessing too because I literally just paint. I, I literally, literally travel with paintbrushes and uh, this acrylic paint that I use uh, from Golden Acrylic. So you have like your signature. You yeah. Like this paint. And that's it. Do they? Does TSA get on your ass? Like do, no. As long as like it's as long as paint? nah. As long as I check it, it doesn't matter. Got it. And um, yeah, I'm I'm really fortunate that my over, my overhead's pretty low. Yeah. And the the actual uh, physical amount of stuff that I have is very small. I mean, I've been traveling out of one bag for, for uh, over three months, and I'll, I'll switch it out while I'm here, and then I mosey on to work. 
God, after I love this. that. <laughs> I love that. I hate big, too much travel people that do all that. Um, yeah. Question: Has there been anything so far that you've been like, I, I got to turn this down? Uh, of course. Of I, I course. Mean, I, that was a bit baited. I just was, I'm kind of <laughs> curious, like, what's the craziest thing? What's the, what's the thing that maybe was the hardest thing to say no to? And for uh, what reasons? I mean, and these are probably things I would have said yes to in the past. Sure. Um, but, you know, there are still a lot of people out there that will want you to do things for free Classic or word. exposure. Tips. <laughs> tips. Come play my bar for tips. That's yeah. one of my favorites. Great exposure. It's really great exposure. Mm, if only <laughs> money was made out of exposure. Um, no, I mean, there's been some, like, music festivals or gigs that, you know, would have been really fun mm -hmm. and I think really beneficial, but it's just, you know, it's just, I, I can't say yes to everything. Right. So. And I'm sure, I mean, how much does location play a factor for you? I mean, so. Before you say yes. It's like a, if someone from Alaska was like. Hell yes. Come here for three months. Oh my God. I would be. Uh, I I also like to say I play um, email Russian roulette. I, I open my email sometimes. I never know what I'm going to get. If I got an email from, like, Alaska saying, come, pay, I'd be like, when do I start? Um, <laughs> no, I mean, the goal right now is to get to as many places as possible. Sure. And because I don't physically live anywhere for the past, you know, three years I've been traveling, um, it's also one of these distinct honors and pleasures that I get that I'm almost even shopping cities around the world sure. of where I want to finally wanna live. And uh, yeah. quote unquote. But um, <clears throat> to bring this full circle of how amazing and beneficial hustling is. So that job I had mentioned about doing Christmas in New York, yeah. putting up Christmas trees and stuff like that. <clears throat> uh, quite a few other of the coworkers for that part-time gig were also many artists. Yeah one of which I still keep in touch with today, um, he had moved to Memphis. Great. And he saw that when I was started this tour, he's like, yo, Asta, I hear you're doing like this tour thing. If you happen to roll through Memphis, I think I could probably get you a wall. I'm like, oh, cool. And then he was like, and also you should be, you shouldn't know, you should know my friend uh, Birdcap. He's this really great graffiti artist. Uh, so he gets me in touch with Birdcap. Birdcap lives, lived in Memphis. Birdcap's like, oh, my gosh, I love your stuff. I'm supposed to do a mural in Chicago, but I have to be in Korea for work. Can I pass your name on to my contact awesome. at Threadless? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So my name gets passed on to uh, Lance uh, Kieran at Threadless, which coordinates and curates these murals, rotating murals at Soho House in Chicago. Yeah. Oh, I love your work. Would you be able to do an April slot? So April 2016, I do my first mural at Chicago, which complete domino effect. Yeah. I've, I have over the last four years, I have, or excuse me, three years, I have four, about 47 murals. Crazy. And it literally did start with, you know, the Lincoln or the faction mural to the Lincoln mural to yeah. my first mural in Chicago. Yeah. And it's like boom, 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 did boom, boom. Did you do Memphis? So I the went. The barbecue is worth going there. Yes. Okay. Uh, so I ended up making it to Memphis. Great. And uh, talking about like cities and does location matter? Like, I fell in love with Memphis. Memphis it is was great. it was not a city that I was yeah. 
thinking about or on my um, on my horizon, and I got this weird connection with Memphis. Interesting. And you do. You have connection. Like, I have personal connections with cities. Yes, and you can feel it yep. right when you walk into Have you been to Louisville, Kentucky? I have. I had a really strong Brooklyn connection. To yeah. That. I'm like, wait, there's like brownstones and there's like an underground music scene so beautiful. here. And it's affordable. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but Memphis rocks. But talking about like, it's so funny because so my, my homie Birdcap um, now lives in Brooklyn and he could not wait to get the F out of Memphis. Sure. Because he was just done with it. Whereas for me, Memphis, the public art scene right now, I think, is just starting to, like, yeah. there's a huge buzz with it, and I want to be there. Yeah. So I'm actually doing a two-month artist-in-residency program uh, starting in September there. When are you going to – oh, it's September. Okay, that'll be good weather. Yes. Because it gets I a little can't hot wait. there. I actually, I love it. I mean, it's – you know, the people in Nashville will be like, I'm getting out. We're going to Memphis. Yeah. It's like, that's the spillover. <laughs> I love it. It's like Oakland was for San Francisco. Yeah. And now, you know, Sacramento's blowing up. I mean, which is crazy. There's like a wine scene. There's a music scene happening. Wherever I was in Sonora go. two weekends ago. Oh yeah, Gold Country. Yeah, I'll I'm be like, there next weekend. Yeah, <laughs> you should visit my buddy. He's uh, it's called uh, Winter's Tavern. Okay, and he owns a place in Pacifica. They just opened a place in Sonora. Nice. He's an amazing dude. What? Um, one of the other questions I had, which I'm totally spacing on now, but I really <laughs> wanted to get to. Oh, so when when you have your Forrest Gump moment where you're running and you just decide to go home. Where would it be right now? Like if you if you if, if you were like okay, here's my moment with all the experience that you've had in the last couple of years. I'm just curious if you have a place that. Yeah, I mean Chicago feels like home. Yeah. Um, when I walk the streets or walk into one of my favorite bars or um, you know get a job in Chicago, it feels right. It feels mm-hmm. good. It feels mm-hmm. uh, connected, and um, I just love everything about that city. I mean, also, there's a, uh, my career just extremely exploded there. Mm. That might have something to do with it, but yeah. lots of friends, beautiful people. I feel like Chicago's one of those towns where money, people don't look at money as success. You know, I feel like living here, unfortunately, like that's one of the things I don't like is people judge you based on how much money you make, at least sure. in San Francisco yeah. and in the in the in the tribes I run with. And I think when I think about like I grew up in Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh was really more about the uh, I don't know, more about the success you were having, but not necessarily financially success. I feel like Chicago kind of fits into that. Yeah. Like there's kind of like maybe this Midwestern feeling. Um, and also when you're doing something with your hands. Yeah. And I don't mean just typing on a keyboard. Yeah. I mean like when you're actually physically making sure. something. Like, I think about, uh, I've recorded in Chicago. There's a good indie rock music scene there. There's great food there. Oh, my God. And I think it's all, all of it's kind of related to the fact that people are making shit with their hands. Absolutely. To sell. Absolutely. Which I would fit you into that category. Yeah. Because you make something with your hands that you actually make yeah, money no, doing. That is actually funny because, like, Los Angeles is very much like, what can you do for me? Image. New York is very much, what can I do for you so eventually you can do for me? Mm, the mafia feel. <laughs> Someday and, I'll ask you a favor. <laughs> yes. And Chicago is very much like, well, what are you working on now? Yeah. It is very much like that. Yeah, like what, 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 what's happening now? The other thing I like about Chicago is it does feel like that whole downtown area and then like going up to like Wrigleyville. Oh, There's like yeah. all these little pockets of communities. Pockets. And so none beautiful. of them feel like they're like someone just made them. They kind of all feel very organic. Like yeah. They just kind of developed. If we could just get that giant Trump sign <laughs> out of yeah. out of downtown, that would that would help. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's a beautiful city built on a lake, all very walkable, yeah. with very thick ethnic neighborhoods that still thrive today. Yeah. Do you find when people are hiring you, are they coming to you with, like, can you do this? 
Or they just want your thing. They just want what you do. Oh, my God. I'm – I – Thank my uh, – okay. So the meaning of success has – excuse me. The definition of success has changed over the years. I mean, if you ask me, like, at the very beginning of this whole tour thing three years ago, uh, what it means to be successful, I think my answer would probably be uh, to be making money off of what I'm doing. Sure. Um, and then, you know, maybe two years ago, it would have been a little different. Now, if you asked me, it very much is, yeah, to be making money and, you know, to be, um, you know, eating and traveling and, uh, all my, all my lifestyle choices, whatever, purely based off of doing art. But it also is to be really proud of what I do yeah, and to stand behind my original, um, what I set out to do. And so uh, to answer your question, it's like I am so thankful that my portfolio and my work is so so strong enough now that um, when people ask me to do work, they're asking because it's what they've seen. And so when I do get asked, can you do this, it's more of like, can you put our name in it, in your style? Can Mm. you put our logo Mm -hmm. in your style in there somewhere? Can you put our tagline, stuff like that? if people, I mean, <laughs> I was doing a mural at Google in Chicago, and this uh, woman came up to me while I was working. She's like, oh, my God, I love your stuff. I just moved in, um, like a, uh, you know, a couple blocks away. I would love a mural in my home. Do you do uh, home commissions? I'm like, absolutely. I love doing, resin- uh, you know, residences. And... Um, and then she's like, I'm going to come back after lunch and we can talk about it. So she leaves, goes to lunch. Um, in the meantime, my host, my contact at Google comes, just checks in on me. Yeah. And um, while he's standing there, this woman comes back and she's like, oh, I just love her work. He's like, yeah, we love her too. And, you know, I'm painting, just, you know, minding my own business while they're just chatting. She's like, and I want her to come do uh, – um, a mural at my home. She's like, "Do you, would you be able to do Rick and Morty?" <laughs> and I like, if you could hear like a car screech, like, like the record scratch. I literally just stop, and he's like, and my contact was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, no, 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 no." So no. he got he he stepped. Yeah, in. he swooped in. He's like, "This is her work." She's not going to come and do Rick and Morty at your house. Could have been worse. <laughs> could have been. It could have been a worse ask. <laughs> It's Could have so been true. like my daughter loves Minnie Mouse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I get those questions Bart sometimes, Simpson. but I get I finally at this point in my life and career I get to say no to some things. That's for great. Sure. That's awesome. And what like what are your thoughts on like you know building it bigger? Like, do you want how big do you want to get this thing? Like, do you want to be one of those people who's like curating multiple? Like, you, it's your like industry. Do you know what I mean? Like, have you thought about that? I'm just curious. Now that you're actually doing something that you didn't ever see yourself doing, maybe. Yeah. What's the next thing you might not see yourself do? What's your blind spot that could actually hit you and be like, okay, this makes sense now? Um, I know what, I know I'm comfortable with saying this sentence of where I want to get to and what actually happens in between to get to this point. I'm comfortable with, I have a few ideas, but I mean, if you were to ask me five years from now, you know, like, where do I see myself? We'll do another podcast. (laughs) Follow up. Is I want to be, I want to be uh, known. Mm -hmm. I want to be recognizable, not 
just purely on the art, but that I am this solo traveling artist mm-hmm. that um, is a female and I'm doing badass things. Yeah. Like I want to be known as like, oh, Lauren S. says she's that muralist that li- like is on a boom for 30 days and she's doing 5,000 square foot murals. Yeah. Um, I have goals to just do the biggest mural, you know, in the country. I yeah. like I, I no goal at this point is too big. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Why wouldn't I be why why couldn't I be the female that uh, has done the largest mural in this country? Sure. Sure. Do you know who that is now? I I'm don't. I'm just curious. But I don't know if you have any historical data on that. I want to be. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, but it is kind of crazy to say things out loud like that because. Right? Well, I ask you the question, so it's yeah, okay. it's not. It's, it's fun. Not you. It's, not on it's you. fun to actually be able to just be like, yeah, why not? Yeah, no. World think, is your oyster. What? I another question. Not afraid of heights. No, I love them. Okay. Get me up the I think that would be, for me, getting on those things. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I love I mean, it. I mean, one of the happiest moments of my life was working on that 5,000-square-foot mural. I was um, – it's, it was, it's in Pilsen, Chicago, so a little south of Chicago. Um, I'd wake up – this is July, Chicago. Yeah, heat, um, wet. Wake up 6 a.m. as early as I possibly could, get on the boom – you know, by 6.30, there's sweat rolling down my back. That's how hot it was. But, I mean, I couldn't have been happier. I was on a boom by myself, four stories up. Yeah. You know, Mark Marin in my ear. Yeah. And just painting, doing my thing. Yeah. But, you know, a fear of heights is not even remotely close to my fear. My fear is that I would not live this. I mean, it sounds so and cheesy, but mm. live this life to its fullest yeah. and not take it for granted. And, you know, there is, uh, you know, the the emotional side of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a stem from it, for mm-hmm. sure, of why. Because, like, you know, people are so like, God, you're just so, you just go out and you're like, how, how were you so brave to just go for it and mm-hmm. give up all your luxuries? Mm-hmm. Like, you're I'm like, well, you know... Well. Life is fucking fragile. What luxury? And also, like, those are, that's another person's luxuries. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely individuals. It is so awesome to realize how little you actually need in this life to be happy. So true. I think the less is more all the time. The less I have, the the happier I am. Yeah. But um, right before, and the third thing that had happened that October um, 2015 was uh, my dad was, uh, diagnosed with Parkinson's mm. and you know he's a veterinarian so like watching him slowly lose yep. the function of his hands yep. is was a huge wake-up call for me yeah and you know it's like ugh, my dad uh, and both my parents vitamins healthy sure, sure. Um, doesn't matter doesn't matter doesn't matter it doesn't matter and it's like uh, you know all, all this Whatever this is can mm-hmm. be taken away so fast, mm-hmm. so fast. So, you know, life right now is purely based on as much passion and enjoyment I I can get out of life yeah. doing what I love. And when I get messages from people saying that I've I've changed their life yeah. uh, from watching what I do, uh, whether it's someone I've never met before or someone passing on the street, like this one um, 
this one guy in Chicago. I did a project. It was just a. It was like a two week project, but it was right by the CTA, right by the mm-hmm. the L, and um, it was a big exterior wall. And <clears throat> I had painted this whole thing white by hand, and then I was working on a scissor lift, doing it, whatever. And I noticed him. There were there were there are regulars that will stop in the morning and checking on the progress. Yeah. And um, I had posted the last day I was working on the project. I was like, uh, thank you so much, Wes Lou, for having me. You know, I'm finishing up the mural today. Come say hi or whatever. And he came by while I was, you know, probably in my last half hour. And he just like, I could hear this voice behind me. He's like, excuse me, excuse me. And I turned around and he's like, I'm so sorry to bother you. I'm like, you're not bothering me at all. He's like, I just want you to know how much this mural has changed my life. And, you know these are just really special moments. He's like watching you start something in the morning Mm -hmm. on my way to work. And I have been going through a hard time with a lot of personal things in my life. Waking up in the morning, seeing you do this and Mm -hmm. putting your energy and love into this and then coming home from work and you're still working on it has been an an extremely important part of my day in the past couple of weeks. It's like, I'm really sad to see you (laughs) stop, but I am so excited that this is, going to be a constant reminder of to keep going and i'm just like you I know i wonder how many days he wanted to talk to you probably every day he wanted to yeah. say something to you and it was just one of those moments it's just like oh my god yeah i'm actually doing Shit's something real. that matters yeah you're not only that you're inspiring other people through probably like just being you're yeah just being you know you're not like out there like I don't feel like what you do is anything um, premeditated to, like, be rich and famous. No. You know what I mean? It's just it is. <clears throat> it is. Now, you said something that I wanted to go back to, which yeah. is physically, how is it when you're spending that much time up there, like, shoulders, back, neck? I'm saying this as someone in his 40s. That, yeah. You know, I play, a, I play a show, and I throw my guitar up during the show, and <laughs> I'm down. My left shoulder is yeah. I'm down for the count for, like, two or three days now because of my age and the fact that I don't warm up and whatever. And yeah. I'm so caught up in the moment. So I'm curious, like... Do you have physical things? Like, do you factor in a little massage time? Oh, yeah. 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 So I'll be 37 on Friday. I do not feel 37 at all. If anything, at the beginning of doing this, like standing 24-7, especially on, like, scissor lifts and concrete and stuff like that, yeah, my my lower back Mm. and uh, I have problems with, like, a sciatic nerve issue. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's only encouraged me to stretch more. Sure. And, I mean, I'm... I'm really strong. Like, my legs are strong in my arms. And I think just um, trying to practice drinking as much water as possible and stretching. Yeah. Do you take breaks? Like, what's your break schedule like? Oh, man. I'm a machine. Like, sometimes there'll be days that I'm working that I won't even want to go to the bathroom. Just only because I'm holding a paint cup and a paintbrush covered in paint. And I'm so in the groove. I don't want to stop. Yeah. Um, Just... Time is just a of yeah. The essence. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you ever stepped back from something and been like, yeah? God, you know it's so fun. So to, I'm I, only saying because I just finished a record. Yeah. And I was listening to it on the way here, as you do. Yeah. Like I'm listening to the final master and mix. Yeah, yeah. And I'm already like, there's a couple songs. I'm like, sure. I've done enough songs now that yeah. I'm okay. Like this one's fine. There's a, yeah. There's times I'm like, oh, I could have done that better, but it's part of it. Right. Right now. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I get asked a lot if I, like, what happens if you make a mistake? And my, my bratty answer is, I don't make mistakes. <laughs> I meant to do it. Uh, I meant to do it. No, but if I make a mistake because of the organic nature of my murals and stuff, I can I can just turn it into something else. Sure. Which is sure. Which cool. is the, yeah, the beauty. 
of yeah. uh, of how your designs are, which is also awesome. Where your your designs are so like all the ones I've looked at online because I've only seen a few in person. They're always so like active. You have a very active style. Yeah, I feel like, uh, and I'm thinking <laughs> of, we're gonna go to the brewery after this, yeah. which. Weirdly enough, is right where I parked the car, uh, and I knew. I think subconsciously meant to be. I don't go there that often because I'm not a big beer drinker, but I do remember going there like last year and being like, I know her. That's so like, I had that moment too. <laughs> but it's very, they're very lively. Like, and and I think one of the things I enjoy about looking at them is you. There's stories within them. That oh yeah. Who knows what they are? Yes. But they they're really on the viewer. Like the viewer puts all that shit, all that context in there. Absolutely. And I think some of that to me is the the the, the color minimalism. You mm-hmm. know, like did, have you like had moments where you've thought about like expanding the colors? Like have you? Yeah. <clears throat> it it kind of is funny. I mean, I I, w- I wish I had all the time in the world to do a gigantic color mural. But sure. like, it is one of those things. Like. How funny, you know, this all comes full circle, like having the environment affect your art, but also having my lifestyle affect my art. So because I travel so minimally, traveling with just the black paint Mm -hmm. and paintbrushes, um, the black and white styles become my signature Mm -hmm. because of that in many ways. But also, um, I just like it more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no. But I'll throw, I, I throw spot coloring in on some things that are appropriate. Yeah. If you will. Cool. But like the... Like the Google colors. Yeah. With Rick and Morty. Yes, right. Perfect. <laughs> Can you just put Rick and Morty up in there somewhere? <laughs> Perfect. No, but it's very Where's Waldo. It's very much one of those things where you could stare at it a while um, and you can pull from it whatever you want. But but such is all art, right? So, yeah. I mean, we all see things. We all have our own histories and... Um, ideas of what things mean. Uh, but there is definitely a story that I put in there. If you see it, if you choose to see it, fine. If you don't, if it's just aesthetically pleasing, then that's great. Or if it's your own story. Yeah. Which is what I think a great art is. You yeah. can kind of bring your own thing to it. Absolutely. Okay, last question, and then we'll, we'll pack up. You're traveling so much. Yeah. What, when you think about what America is right now, uh, and I, mm. I went through this right <laughs> after 9-11. I was on tour in a band. We went to Europe. <laughs> And we did two tours. We did a tour in '02, like right after 9-11 happened. And then we did one in like 03, which was two years later. And there was this huge uh, difference in how people treated us. Mm -hmm. Now, they would say, oh, you're from America. And then we would say yes. And New York City, oh, okay. And the first time, it was because they had so much empathy for what had just happened. Mm -hmm. And I felt like the world was like really like holding on to the American dream, like, mm-hmm. we're all in it together. Then two years later, after the Iraq war started because of it, it felt like almost the opposite. It was like, well, do you support your president? And I'm just curious, as you've been traveling around, has there been, uh, with what's going on in our own political system, have you felt any, uh, what, what's what's the perception that people maybe, or maybe they're not talking about it, I don't know. I'm just curious, like, if you've, just politically, like, how you've witnessed, like, what it was like in Italy as an American, what it was like in uh, what's it like in Chicago right now as an American, because we're in a, such a bubble here in San Francisco. I always yeah. like to ask the travelers these questions. Oh, it's a loaded question. Um, you know, in Italy, I found nobody really gave a fuck. No one really asked <laughs> That's me. That's why Italy's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. I mean, Italy, Italy right now has their own problems sure. politically, sure. so. I'm sure they're just consumed by their own yeah. thing right now. I, I got asked a lot about Trump in England. Okay. Um, 
you know, it's just one of those, like, loaded questions with a big smile, like, so, Trump, huh? <laughs> and it's like, oh, jeez, let's not Here we go. start. Um, but uh, I do have a, a specific story. Maybe it's, maybe I won't answer your question specifically, but it was a huge totally part fine. of my um, experience. Um, so I was in Chicago um, over the elections, and um, I was working on a mural, a public mural. And there was uh, the Cubbies won uh, World Cup. Yeah. Or World Cup. <laughs> That's World right. Series. You're worldly now. I'm you all can, I know. It's fine. <laughs> it's totally, totally acceptable. Why do we call it the World Series? It's World one country. Um, Ego. Ego America. So the Cubbies just won. And so Chicago was on fire. Yeah. You could not bring anyone down. Like, yeah. I have never seen so many Chicagoans so happy. Yeah. And it was so cool to be there during that time. And a few days later, uh, Trump won. Yeah. And what a dynamic change yeah. in um, <clears throat> overall, uh, uh, you know, personality, um, you know, energy, what people were putting out there in the world on Facebook, on social media, um, literally just in front of your face. And my, um, I had finished the mural, and it just so happened to coincide mm-hmm. With the um, night of the elections mm. and um, the gallery that I had done the mural at on the exterior of the gallery, they wanted to have a, you know, um, an opening, if you will. And so everyone, we, we were deciding, you know, we were going back and forth. It's like, well, it's the elections. No one's going to want to come. Everyone's going to be at home watching them. And then we kind of decided, it's like, well, maybe it, maybe we should be all together because you never – this is either going to go really well or really bad. Yeah. And so the gallery decided to, you know, put this thing on social media. It's like we're going to be <clears throat> projecting the um, elections and the results and, um, and then celebrating art at the same time. And it was this really weird moment because when the, um, when the results finally came in and it was determined – it was this weird sensation of getting chills of like having all these people there together because of art, yeah. essentially, but also wanting to feel this need to be together to support each other in a really weird, dark time. Yeah. Um, everyone proceeded to drink extremely heavily sure. and cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember calling my brother, mm. I remember calling like loved ones. It was mm-hmm. a fair, I, at that moment will never yeah. escape my mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the next day it was just really weird. Yeah. But um, it was really great that moment, that night that like, you know, I, I like to think that, you know, because of that art uh, and that mural, um, it brought people together yeah. in a, hopefully beautiful way i'm sure it did <clears throat> well thank you yes it felt felt this was great i really yeah, appreciate I, I that you so did this. many stories i know i feel like we could just go on and on Wait, can um, i tell you one more story yeah oh, absolutely you go you go <coughs> tell me another story this is just i mean i have thousands of what what the what doing public art um is i mean being able to leave something behind permanent-wise where people can look at it is is great. Yeah. But the better permanent part for me is these memories and connections I make with the public while I'm actually making it. And one of the first memories I have of this happening was in Chicago. 
I was doing, um, it was one of my first bigger uh, exterior murals Mm -hmm. um, that was with a lot of foot traffic. And I remember I started and I was maybe like three or four days into it and just getting, just getting the base started of the mural. And um, this gentleman started to approach me and the wall, uh, African-American. He, I assume he was homeless. He had bags mm-hmm. and, you know, shabby clothes. And, you know, in my head, I'm just like, okay, I'm prepared with my, my you know. Spidey ar- senses my, go up. Yeah, my army of, uh, or my, um, my, my weapons of choice of, uh, my answers, yep. like yes, I'm a, I'm an artist. Yes, I'm doing a mural. Yeah. So, uh, you know, how many times am I gonna have to be taught never judge a book by its cover? Sure. Um, but he, he just started to approach and didn't say anything to me, but stood in front of the, uh, some of the art I had already created. I was, I was kind of up on a ladder. Stood in front of the wall for maybe a minute, just taking it all in, and then he started to recite a poem, and it was. Nothing I'd ever heard before. It sure. was just a really beautiful, well, eloquently put poem. And then he kind of gave me like a head nod and, and walked off. <clears throat> well, the next morning he came back. Mm. Did the same thing. Same poem? Different poem. Different poem. Same clothes, same bags, same everything. Nod, goodbye. Third day, came back. Same thing, different poem. And mm. this happened for 12 days in a row. Wow. And so he did it. And every time he would come back, he would like he would look at the mural for a little bit. He would say a spoken word, whatever, give me a nod and leave. And then on my last day, I had this whole thing that I, I really wanted to like thank him. And, you know, I wanted to like, I don't know, I wanted to give him something because sure. he had given me so much. Yep. Like every morning I looked forward to not only working on the mural, but also like what art he was going to give me. Yeah, yeah. And then he wasn't there that morning and I never saw him again. But like. Wild. Just seeing his reaction that, like, my art and what I was doing um, resulted in him sharing with me yeah, is one of the biggest, most beautiful things art can do, whether it's art, visual, yeah. music, whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's just a story I'll keep with me forever. Dude, that's hot. Yeah. I think it's amazing that he didn't come back on the last day. That's almost like a universe handing you again yeah. something. like he was a little angel. Take it for what it was. Yeah, it was really special. Awesome. All right, well, keep on doing it. Um, do you want to say your website again? What is it? Is it I mean, yeah, it's LaurenAsta.com. Lauren just okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks. Easy. We're gonna let's head over to the brewery. Thank Hammer. you. Hey, right, bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. Godspeed. I'm excited for our next podcast together. Clearly, we'll have to do two or three more. Subscribe to Earhopper presents. Let's talk about. It, this, all, at iTunes, SoundCloud, earhopper.com. If you've made it this far, thank you. Special shout out to Richard Swift, uh, a musician who passed away this week and whose music uh, has been very inspirational to me over the past few years. Take it late. <laughs>